0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahm.
1: All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in via email to ask at legallysoundsmartbusiness.com. You can also mail us your questions, but we're not going to read that, so don't do that. And my name is Nasser Pasha. That messed up. And so we are on our midweek episode here covering, once again, a data breach. Except a little bit different, though. I think it's important, right? Yeah, and a little backstory to this
2: one. Did we talk about the Home Depot data breach? I think we might have offhand mentioned it.
1: We talked about Target, I know for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we featured it, but we definitely mentioned it for sure.
2: So the Home Depot data breach was pretty big, and I've probably gone to Home Depot like 30 times in the last however many months just to buy all this stuff. So I've been going to Home Depot. Basically, I've used my credit card at Home Depot a significant amount over this period where there was potential breach.
1: (laughs) Where do you go? The one on Mission Gorge or somewhere
2: Um, else? Well, I've gone to a couple. There's one in, yeah. Oh, multiple ones. Wow. Mission Valley area. I don't know if that's the right way to classify it. I think that's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. On Mission Gorge.
2: Fairmont. And then I go to the Point Loma one sometimes. Yeah. Fairmont. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mission Gorge, Fairmont. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to distract. All the non-San Diegans are very confused right yeah. now.
2: So I, you know, I got a notification from my, the credit card I use saying, Hey, you know, we, we don't know if there was a, br- <laughs> we don't know if there's a breach. Uh, um, I just liked how you said, Hey, sorry. I got distracted. My throat got, <coughs> we can cut that out. My-, my throat got a little bit stuck. So they said, Hey, uh, we don't know if there was a breach, but just in case we're going to send you a new credit card. And I was like, all right, well, that's fine. And then like some couple weeks went by, like nothing. I just kind of forgot about it. And they sent me an email saying, you know, if you don't activate your card in the next however many days, it's going to be invalid. I was like, well, that's a problem. Cause I never got a card. So I called in, this is on Monday. I think I called in. So I guess for the listeners a week and a half ago. And just to explain the situation. She's like, well, you would have received it. I was like, I didn't receive it, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, we'll send you a new one. And I was like, okay, so when I get the new one, we'll, when I activate it, we'll invalidate my current one. She's like, oh no, we already canceled that. So they canceled the one that was apparently mailed, and the one I currently had. Oh, she's like, yeah, you'll. Need, she's like, you'll need to reset up all your like automatic payments. I'm like, well, I don't even have a card to set it up because you just canceled both of them. <laughs> so that's a problem, right? <laughs> Anyways, so I go well, that day. I had to go to the post office. This is a long story to get to my point, but I had to go to the post office and. I took my old credit card out and I swiped it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot it doesn't work." And she like kind of looked confused, and I was like, "Does it not work?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, I like explained the situation of what happened, the story again." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, actually, she's like, we just had a data breach." I was like, "Oh, when?" She's like, "Just now." And I was like, "What? Well, <laughs> what just <laughs> now?" <not> good. <laughs> Is it because I swiped my credit card? Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What?" Well, I-, I was like, "Well, that's concerning, right?" I don't have any cash though, so I can't pay with cash. I just got it, and I have to mail this out. So like, I just got to do it. I was like, "Well, am I going to have to?" I only have two credit cards. This was the other one. (laughs) I was like, oh gosh, well, see what happens. So the point of this story is the post office, the USPS breach was different because it, while it did involve some customers, a lot of it was the, employees and even like high-end employees that work there and i guess they apparently didn't get credit card information but it's basically employee names social security numbers which is obviously bad and things like that so that's my long-winded story i guess i could have just summed it up saying this security <laughs> breach is different because it's the personnel that work at usps and not the customers even though there's a little bit of customers still
1: and it looks like it came from china or at least that's what they yeah. think it
2: is right supposedly yeah supposedly that's the rumor it's an interesting that they would go after the post office like to me the post office is kind of a almost an outdated archaic sort of thing like that's i don't know there's other things they could have gone after what's crazy we
1: still get plenty of mail every day yeah <laughs> even though it is archaic i agree but it is strange so, this is a little bit different though we talked about Ama go's response when they got hacked, yeah, those were their customers, and I think it was just email addresses. I don't even think passwords were involved, but for this, wait, what did they take from the employees? Do you know? I'm reading this now. it says names,
2: addresses, phone numbers, and emails were compromised. I thought I saw social security numbers on here. maybe I didn't i I did read that it wasn't they didn't think it was credit card information, but yeah, if it's the employees then they wouldn't have their credit card information necessary on file anyways. And maybe if they have a direct debit set up to their get their paycheck, then maybe they have that information, Yeah, but, which I guess is just as bad,
1: if not worse, because that's real money that's coming out. So last week we talked about how there's data breach notification laws and whether you actually have to notify, which I'm sure USPS did so, obviously it's public, but whether you have to notify really depends upon what personal information was taken and who it's from. And there are some distinctions between, it may not be as clear because they're employees, but in the most case, obviously the best, most safest way to do it is just to notify your employees anyway, if this did happen to you. But again, I mean, I know we've made this point before, but it's just representing big or small, you know. In fact, we were tweeting about the uh, breach notification last week, and we were trying to be praiseworthy of this company, Amitigo, because they were a small company and they were going out of their way to do it. And this guy on Twitter was engaging with me, basically saying that, well, it's not that remarkable. They should have protected their security in the first place. And so basically almost saying that they're the bad guys. But this shows you like, okay, I'm not saying USPS is necessarily this very intelligent and forward-thinking company, but they are a big company. They, of course, have security, but the point is that big or small There's not one company that is not vulnerable to attack. And we're talking about every. I mean, how many times have Microsoft, Sony, and Apple have been hacked and they are tech companies, you know? So this should be an eye-opener for every business that it doesn't matter what kind of security systems you may have unless it's like literally unbreakable from it. But even then, right? you are vulnerable and you have to be able to know how to respond to these kinds of things.
2: It did say social security numbers were involved in some and it affects, here it's over 800,000.
1: Less than Home Depot? Yeah, because it's customers. But even socials, I mean, so long as you put in those uh, monitoring uh, services or whatever, those people should be protected and hopefully i wonder if usps is going to do that for them and some data breach laws actually require that in some cases as i said china russia or the former soviet union and when that happens it doesn't necessarily mean the government either because all the hacking and comes from those types of countries you know whether it's actual hackers going there but or they're using the servers from there too but that's the point is that they have access to servers that they're able to utilize that for some kinds of uh, illegal activity where it's a little more difficult to do that in the States. Very true. Well, until the next breach next week, or the next major one. Until so next breach.
2: I mean, I think that has surpassed how often we talk about pizza on here. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's right. We just talked about it now. Pizza,
1: pizza, pizza. We can incorporate the
2: two into something. Can't uh, Papa John's have a huge security breach? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be our ideal <laughs> Right in the wheelhouse. Ideal candidate.
1: <laughs> or somehow like a pizza delivery person uses uber to deliver a pizza in the midst of that gets into some kind of data breach that would be perfect as long as they were classified as an independent contractor not an employee <laughs> exactly oh you, you tied it all
2: together that'll be our 200th episode we'll hold off <laughs> i'll just take a job as a delivery driver and do it i'll sacrifice second <laughs> question of the day What do I need to do to my guest room to make it a write-off for my business? Yeah. So I'm assuming what this person's referring to is a home office deduction, which right off the bat, if it's a guest room, then it's not going to work because there's a lot of rules involved, but the two major ones are uh, regular and exclusive use, which that's the first requirement. And if it's a guest room, then that's not exclusive use because you're not using that room exclusively for business purposes
1: that was a good catch the term guest room is you're right i mean if it's a guest room i for some reason when i said guest room i think of like an extra room but you're right if it's if it's literally like a extra bedroom yeah that's not gonna work
2: yeah so it needs to be exclusively used regular uses that should be pretty easy if i guess unless you don't use it at all it needs to be your principal place of business. That little room or I guess wherever your your house that needs to be the principal place of business. So you can still do things in other locations, but you can still conduct business other places. But that room
1: does need to be considered your business location. Which usually negates this exception for most people, you know, that actually all of them it's exclusivity too as well. To me, I with the IRS, I don't mess with them. And if you're listening, I pay all my taxes and have perfect tax. In fact, I overpay my taxes just in case. <laughs> you overpay? So I don't get audited.
2: They automatically refund you if you overpay. So yeah. they'll send you a check back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd
1: rather do that than sending a letter that they're auditing me. I guess unless you roll it over to the next year, which you can do. but well, All right. So that's pretty basic, though. Yeah, that's a pretty basic question. But uh, I'm just thinking, like, I work in my home. I Like, I think most people who work at home, even if they have a designated space, it's like, it could just be like a desk somewhere in a bedroom or a couch even in front of the TV. So especially the nature of laptops and so forth, the designated exclusive space for office spaces is becoming harder to come by.
2: Yes, yeah, so you just take the square footage of whatever that couch is and <laughs> as a percentage of your entire house and, and multiply it by your rent. That's what you got.
1: And if your son or daughter sits there, you, you tell them to get off because that's exclusive. Yeah. Hey, that's my exclusive office space. That's exactly it. All right. Okay, well, thanks for joining us once again and don't forget to go to iTunes or iTunes channel. Or our iTunes website. Gosh, I don't even know how to explain this, that dumb thing. But whatever it is, however you get there, you have to leave a positive review for us. And for those that I know a lot of you guys, and we see your stats that you listen through the browser and you listen through, you know, some kind of non-Apple device. So when you do that, it's a lot harder to rate us, which is fine. But if you can take the extra step and go through your iTunes and rate us, that'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, I agree. You should be there. Okay, we concur. All right. Keep it sound. And keep it smart.
0: This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasir Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up to date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.